Hello friends, this is Kanan Tandi and today we are going to read this article on 8 ways your body speaks way louder than your words. Written by Emma Sepele. Now why did I read that? Because uh, I think uh, Emma is probably German because her spelling is E-M-M-A-S-E-P-P-A-Umlaut-L-Umlaut. Now, I think you are supposed to uh, read it, like pronounce it like A. So, yeah. So, Emma Sepele is a PhD and is the science director of Stanford University's Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education. And she's also the author of the book called as The Happiness Track. And it's now available in paperback. She is also the founder of Fulfillment Daily. And you can follow her on Twitter at E-M-M-A-S-E-P-P-A-L-A. So that's uh, Emma. And let's go to the article and read it. So it says, Eight ways your body speaks way louder than your words. We tend to focus on the words, but our nonverbal behavior says it all. At work or at home, giving feedback may be one of the most difficult challenges we face. On the, one, on the one hand, you have to be honest. On the other hand, you don't want to alienate the other person. You tread a fine line between maintaining cordiality and successfully getting your point across. So the first point, creating trust. We all know the critical need for a positive atmosphere in our personal relationships. But the same is true at work. It breeds trust. As I've seen again and again in research I conducted for my book, The Happiness Track, positive workplace culture is essential for employee engagement and productivity. Empathy at work creates psychological safety with research by Amy Edmondson of Howard demonstrates is created when managers are inclusive and humble and encourage staff to speak up or ask for help. Psychological safety improves learning and performance outcomes. More importantly, feeling safe in the workplace helps encourage the spirit of experimentation that's so critical for innovation. Uh, by using this kind of positive, open and supportive feedback style, you end up establishing trust. Just as you'll find you are especially sensitive to signs of trustworthiness in your romantic partner or friends, employees are especially sensitive to signs of trust in their managers. Our brains respond more positively to empathetic bosses, as neuroimaging research confirms. In turn, employees who feel greater trust show improved performance. Coming out of the article, when I was working as an HR head for a cybersecurity company, at that point of time, I got to know that when you smile and when you talk to the employees or the staff or your colleagues, they actually feel the bond. So it even if it was not official things, I still got to know a lot of things about a lot of team members of mine. Like if somebody is going through a personal problem or somebody is going through a financial problem or how they are having a relationship problem. All those things happen because they kind of sensed that trust, right? 
as an hr or as a team uh, leader you need to establish distrust and when i say you need to establish there are certain things that you need to know for example they should be sure that whatever they are telling you it is not going out anywhere right uh, just recently i had uh, tweeted this thing that if you are working in an office you go out for a trip like it's a personal trip you post pictures and you had fun you post all the status uh, stories on whatsapp or instas or facebook and when you come back and nobody is gossiping about that that's one of the greatest gift a culture or company can gift to the employee right and this is what most of the people are scared of i've seen people what they do is when they share a story even if it is they having fun totally outside their office job uh, they hide the stories from their colleagues right why do they feel that need to do that because they somewhere do not feel safe right i'm not quoting that example if somebody has taken a sick leave and they are out watching a movie or something like that i'm talking about the genuine uh, experiences that happen right so you need to create trust in a person and uh, this is from a research that has been found out that when you see a person when you talk to them there are four criterias in which we judge a person we judge a person on aggressiveness on their competence level on their likability and their trustworthiness so by the way a person speaks to them you can trust them obviously you will not share the darkest secret of your life when you are interacting with a person at the first go but uh, you kind of sense something in them right and this is totally innate this is totally natural you get that feeling right so creating trust uh, with your employees or within your family is very important and how do you do that you do that by showcasing empathy showcasing compassion right so for that you need to learn more about emotional intelligence or which is something we might cover in the next series altogether okay so going in the article again by using this kind of positive open and supportive feedback style uh you end up establishing trust all right just as you'll find you are especially sensitive to signs of trustworthiness in your romantic partner or friends again i'm i'm just re- uh, repeating this so that uh, you can understand that tr- creating trust is very important professionally as well as personally if somebody does not trust you they cannot move forward with you professionally or personally right anyway next point maintaining a positive tone positive relationships at work can even lower healthcare costs by improving employee health having positive workplace relationships strengthens your immune system and lowers your heart rate and blood pressure similarly being in a healthy marriage or romantic relationship can boost our physical and psychological well-being leaders and managers in particular influence their employees well-being more than they even know a 3000 person study found that a leader's behavior and personality even influence their employees heart health wow that is amazing it's no wonder that employees prefer higher happiness at work to higher pay and that the happiness they seek is characterized by positive supportive relationships despite uh, despite this uh, need 
for a positive culture both at home and in workplace there is no doubt that giving critical feedback is essential the question is how to deliver it most advice in this area focuses on what to say for example give more praise than criticism and listen more than you talk those are important tips but a non verbal communication is just as important as the words we use so the key is body language now we're coming to the actual thing whether we realize it or not we are constantly reading each other's facial expressions and body language imagine that you are a person walking into someone's office to receive feedback or that you are in an interview by definition your boss or the interviewer is in the position of power you are probably paying close attention to their facial expressions and nonverbal cues to get an idea of where they are coming from and how they are responding to you here are nonverbal cues to which we pay most of the attention first one is the facial expression we deduce how someone is feeling from their facial expression someone's smile activates the smile muscles in your own face while their frown activates your frown muscles according to the research by ulf dimberg we internally register what other person is feeling by experiencing it in our own body smiling is so important to social interactions that we can discern whether someone is smiling even if we can't see them your smile is thus something to think about even if you're delivering a feedback over the phone smile appropriately to project warmth and goodwill coming out of the article let me share this uh, example with you i'm very sure all of you must have had this let's say that somebody uh, somebody called your mom right i'm very sure you must have gone through this and your mom is uh, talking to this relative of yours and you're just not interested and you tell your mom that mom just just don't pass the phone over to me okay i do not want to talk to them and for some reason your mother does not hear that and she still passes on the phone to you and you keep on telling her you keep on signaling her that no no i don't want to talk please what the hell i really don't want to talk and then the moment you take the phone you said hello auntie how are you okay are you fine so has have you ever heard that have you ever experienced this like you take the phone call and you immediately smile and talk as if the other person is looking at you right so this also comes as natural you will never say yeah auntie yeah tell me yeah okay yeah i'm fine how are you you will smile and talk even if it is a phone call you'll still smile and talk okay going into the article second point eye contact research shows the eyes really are the windows to the soul you can predictably tell someone's emotions from their gaze eye contact is the crucial first step for resonance a term psychologists use to describe a person's ability to read someone else's emotions It's also important for creating a feeling of connection. Make and maintain eye contact when you're giving someone feedback. Third point, voice. From infancy, we are acutely aware of the voices of people we consider important. And the way we feel about other person shifts the way we speak. The tone of our voice more than the words themselves can give away on how we feel. 
In fact, new research shows that we can often predict someone's emotions from their voice. Coming out of the article again, this is something uh, you might want to pay attention to. Uh, when you talk to your crush, if you have a crush, if you talk to your crush or you're talking to somebody you like, if you are a male, your voice tends to go deeper. And if you are a female, your voice tends to become uh, on high pitch. And this is something which is totally subconscious, right? And this is something uh, when I started uh, learning about body language and I started uh, reading more about voice and voice modulation, this is something I had experienced myself. So let's say that I, I like the guy and then uh, when I met him, I don't know why, but I always spoke, I tend to spoke in higher pitch like, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine now. Okay, I cannot do that right now. But you know, that was kind of natural. I mean, it was not as fake as it is sounding right now. Like right now, I cannot do that, right? So you need to feel that thing when you need to do that. Like, hi, how are you? Oh my God, yeah. So all that voice goes into high pitch if you're a woman. And if you're a man, your voice will become deeper, like low, low pitched voice. So if you, if this is what your pitch usually is, when you talk to your crush, your pitch will be like, yo, what's up? How are you? Mm, okay. So the voice will become more deep. So this happens with the voice also. So pay attention to that. Point number four, going into the article, posture. The way a person sits, slumped or sitting tall, arms open or crossed, transmits a message. When we walk into a room, find someone sitting with their arms crossed, we feel less connected to them. Having your chest open, arms uncrossed, making sure to keep nodding, smiling, vocalizing, saying things like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, in response to the other party will help. Make sure you take on a non-dominant stance. After all, your role is already powerful. The best way for the other party to hear you is if you are not domineering. And uh, when we talk about uh, coming out of the article, when we talk about this, uh, that uh, we feel less connected to somebody whose arms are crossed. Let me just bust this little myth I have been hearing for so long that, uh, hey, wh what do you think if the arms are folded or the hands are folded or the arms are crossed, does that mean that the person is not interested in you? Does that mean the person doesn't want to speak to you? Does that mean that the person is closing you off of the conversation? The answer is no. Right? No, because just by looking at one gesture or one posture, you cannot decode a person, right? So decoding a person uh, uh, needs a little bit of skills and we call it uh, baselining mostly. So baselining is something where you identify a person in a neutral condition, their behavior, verbals, nonverbals, their tonality, everything. And then it comes... Uh, that in a nervous situation, how would they deal, right? Another thing, there is no one thing which will tell you about the person and what is a person thinking. So you need a minimum of three cues uh, to identify what exactly the person is feeling. Even then, decoding a person 100% is not at all correct. It's not possible, right? Okay, so going into the article again, point number five, breath. Research shows that the emotions we feel change the way that we breathe. 
you have probably noticed that when you're stressed or angry you breathe quickly and shallowly and when tired and exasperated you are more likely to sigh similarly when we are with someone who sighs a lot we may feel that they are annoyed at us before the conversation try to take some deep uh, calming breaths right when you exhale your heart rate and blood pressure decrease so focus on breathing out longer than you breathe in doing this for a couple of minutes before a meeting will help you start the meeting from a place of calm that calmness will also help you uh, help help your interlocutor feel more at ease point number 6 attention our mind wanders 50% of the time research suggests moreover given our busy schedules and the messages and emails that are popping onto our screens throughout the day we sometimes are not present with the people in front of us we're still processing something that happened earlier or we're thinking about an article we just read or a phone conversation we just had and the people you're talking to can tell because you're not fully present you are less likely to hear them and respond to them skillfully let alone underst- uh, let alone understand where they are coming from seventh point authenticity despite all this advice it's critical that you be authentic and your efforts will or your efforts will backfire just think of how you feel when you're around someone who seems to be something they're not we often walk away feeling uncomfortable or manipulated our blood pressure rises in the face of inauthenticity according to the research by james gross at stanford university coming out of the article uh we again we feel this when somebody is not being genuine we feel that thing right when somebody fakes a smile at you you immediately know that right that a person is faking a smile or when somebody is uh, behaving really in a charming way to you then you start to think what is wrong with the person that person does not seem to be genuine enough you know you think you think all these things so yeah authenticity is very important if you cannot be yourself you cannot ex- expect the other person to be true as well point number 8 empathy rather than seeing the feedback situation as work or something you need to just get through see the conversation as an opportunity to connect with another person who has their own needs and pain everyone at the same time uh, uh, everyone at some point goes through some tough times sad times painful times by remembering the human experiences we all share you will find that you are able to bring kindness and compassion into the conversation if you are giving feedback you will probe into what has prompted your employee to act a certain way and you will find the right words to encourage a different type of behavior research shows that employees feel greater loyalty and and are inspired to work harder for managers who are compassionate and kind empathy is not just for obvious moments it's for all the moments we don't see as well we often don't know what causes unwanted on the job behavior like missed deadlines or short temperedness the employee in question could be a sleep deprived new parent 
or probably going through a divorce or dealing with family illness we are dealing with a person we find it difficult or who did something that seems wrong we tend to point the finger at their personality thinking that they are disorganized unethical or lazy we make a mistake however we usually blame the situation that is what psychologists call the fundamental attribution error they simply forget that in most cases our erroneous behavior is due to the situational factors if you are able to keep this in mind uh, that there's a whole dimension to your employees that you do not know about it it will be much easier for you to be empathetic when you're giving a feedback that's the end of the article and uh, let me tell you another thing when you are talking to somebody if you are just being genuine that will that will be all and that genuinity or genuineness has to be uh, reaching to that other person you are talking to so it should be showcased in terms of expression in terms of your posture in terms of your hand gesture that you are using and sometimes touch right so you need to be careful in that way also so that's all for today i'll see you the next time thanks for tuning in have a nice evening